This podcast is sponsored by Noor, My, Hellman's and Collins. Welcome to Collect on the Couch with Alyssa Timoshkina. Having studied and worked in film for the past 12 years and gaining a PhD in film history, Alyssa united food, wine and film through her supper club, Kino Vino. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Yes, I absolutely love Collect on your podcast, so it's quite wonderful to be invited to do one with you. Um, so, as you said, my background is in film. Yeah. And um, I've been kind of a film buff for as long as I can remember myself. Um, and I've initially wanted to actually um, study to be a filmmaker, so I've always had this kind of need to create something. But for various reasons, um, I ended up going the academic way. So I started a film degree, an undergraduate film degree, which turned into an MA degree, and then somehow turned into a PhD. <laughs> Um, I mean, I was really passionate about film, but it was never kind of my aim to become a you know, professor of film mm. studies or anything like that. So even though I was enjoying what I was doing, I always had this kind of nagging feeling at the back of my mind. Like, is that really what I want to be doing? It doesn't really feel like it's kind of as creative enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was doing my PhD, um, I was lucky to um, have been living with my best friend. And we were renting a really lovely um, flat in East London, which had a really good kitchen so kind of doing a PhD was a really lonely experience just you know me and my own waking up at like on the dot and starting to write and just writing mm-hmm. the whole day sometimes not even talking to anyone apart from my um, flatmates so cooking became kind of a thing which I would just like I would need a break so I'd go mm-hmm. to the kitchen and start just kind of switching my brain off and start to experiment more and um Again, having had a really lovely flat, which kind of allowed to host dinner parties, that was kind of my, again, my creative outlet to mm-hmm. um, bring friends around. So, like, all of the Christmas and New Year's parties would be hosted at our lovely flat in um, Bethnal Green. Um, and so, kind of, the film and food were living in me, kind of, in parallel mm-hmm. for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I think... Kind of pretty much thanks to social media, like the whole kind of food Instagram, you know, wave is so huge right now. Yeah. So I got onto that kind of about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, it's so amazing to just, you know, you make something in your kitchen and then you photograph that and you, because it's a very specific kind of format and yeah. specific kind of community that you're addressing, it's quite easy to reach out and kind of make you know, friends and inverted commas, but you actually do engage with people and you meet, mm-hmm. well, meet, again, virtually meet, yeah. so many interesting people who kind of are on a similar journey to yours or are far more successful, but like serve as a huge inspiration. So mm-hmm. I think um, the whole kind of Instagram, social media stuff was um, quite a big inspiration, quite mm-hmm. a big kind of part of me considering mm-hmm. the change of my career path. So then what made you do the switch? Um, it's been quite gradual. Um, I have to say, um, a few friends of mine um, who also had a background either in film or kind of cultural studies or mm-hmm. um, they switched into food and one of such friends is Olly Hercules and kind of seen we studied together and seen her journey into you know, something completely new and kind of being so passionate and so dedicated to this new um, kind of career and how well it's been you know working for her it's been a huge inspiration to me and um also kind of a few um 
vloggers and Instagrams that I've mm-hmm. borderline obsessed with and seeing them do all that stuff made me really want to mm-hmm. um, try it myself. And did you find that there was a demand for it when you started doing Kinovina? Um, I figured that, um, yeah, there's definitely demand for like experiences in general that people don't just want to go and eat or don't want to go and see a film or, you know, mm-hmm. it's something, it has to be something else, something on the kind of new level. Yeah. And there's so much of, um, yeah, kind of trying to merge different things, so kind of themed mm-hmm. dining and themed food experiences, there's so many, um, um, I mean, I haven't actually been, but I've read about, like, the ginger eye. I've and... been. I've just come, I've just done one, actually. Oh, the Chamber really? of Flavor, The Chamber of Flavor, volume two, I think it was, and it was oh, incredible, so... really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love, the thing I like about Kinovino is that every event is unique, mm. that you seem to have, you know, like, you can't, there's... You can go to one, and then you can go to another one that's completely yeah. different. Yeah. And I really like that, and different types of cuisines as yeah. well, like yeah. each experience is, is different. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of a key thing that, um, yeah, you can come as many times as you like, but it's, you might have the same chef, but it's always going to be a different menu and, you know, a different theme. And yeah, yeah to me it's quite important to make sure that um, each experience is completely um, unique and mm-hmm. people can feel like they're not just repeating the same stuff yeah. yeah and what's your what's been your favorite one so far oh it's hard to like pick <laughs> <laughs> favorite um i think in well like favorites there's one way like one like kind of personal favorite that's you know to me means quite a lot also favorite in terms of kind of how well it's done financially mm-hmm. and kind of how much right. publicity mm-hmm. it had and um so i think my probably personal favorite would have to be the um the one I've done in July, again with Ola Hercules, and it was a screen of Tarkovsky's Mirror. Okay. And to me it was really kind of, almost kind of mystical how all different strands of my life came together in one night. Because um, I've met Ola when we were studying, and that was exactly the time when I discovered Tarkovsky, and seeing Mirror to me was really, I can still remember seeing the film for the first time, and it was almost like my view of the world has completely changed. Mm-hmm. And kind of my understanding of culture and film has really been influenced by that particular experience and it's been my kind of dream and a challenge to do a Kinovina with that film mm-hmm. because there is no food in the film it's I mean, it's such a poetic complex film you can't really say what the film is about okay definitely it's I was going to ask you because I've not film. seen it yeah what, what how would you uh, well the film about? I mean I because I wrote my main thesis about the film and at one point I literally have read every book in English and Russian was to read about <laughs> the film so um and kind of generally, the film is appreciated as a memory of the prote- of a dying protagonist, and he's recollecting kind of the most significant episodes uh, from his past, but also it's mixed with his dreams and kind of visions. So it's the most beautiful kind of sensual experience when you read the film. There's lots of poetry and classical music in it, and reference to Da Vinci art. So it's you know it's a real kind of it's Tarkovsky's universe basically. Mm-hmm. So kind of to translate that into a meal was a real kind of challenge and I almost thought I would never do it. But then when Oli was developing a new recipe for um, buckwheat ice cream, oh, yeah. it was again like a light bulb moment. I was like, that can be the connection because the film is actually set one of the main locations from the protagonist's memory 
is a buckwheat field. It's where mm -hmm. he grew up in this beautiful little, um, very kind of traditional Russian house. Mm -hmm. is set in the field, buckwheat. So you do see a lot of buckwheat, but you don't actually realize that's the buckwheat we eat. Right. And I was like, that's it. That has to be the connection. And then kind of the more I thought about it, obviously um, the film is very much about uh, the protagonist's mother and all this book is Mamushka about the, you know, the mother's uh, recipes and the kind of strong women. I was like, actually it makes absolutely perfect sense yeah. <laughs> to put those two together. And again, because I know it so well, we kind of got together, got some wine, like, <laughs> watch the film when we're looking through Tarkovsky's books and diaries and just kind of jotting down ideas of what we can do together. It sounds so much fun. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was such a kind of real kind of intimate creative process mm -hmm. which at first started off as just kind of a challenge crazy idea but then kind of the more we thought about it and it really mm -hmm. made sense and the whole night just went so well and yeah everyone loved it and so what's been your biggest learning curve you know organizing and running the yeah. clubs? well it's hard work that's for sure yeah <laughs> i mean it all looks so beautiful and wonderful on instagram when you see other people hosting you know amazing dinner parties or but then when you actually realize you have to be up at seven drag lots of heavy boxes of props and food and move furniture i mean it's really like physically demanding and mm. i've like on quite a few occasions i've really hurt my back really oh. badly doing that so i was like it's not as glamorous you know as, as yeah. instagram shows it yeah but i mean you know that's kind of um was a bit of a kind of awakening experience like oh it's not just all pretty tablescapes yeah. and lovely pictures of the food it's actually physically really mm. and, hard and can you relax i mean when the event's going on can you feel like you no. can kind of no i think uh to me there's a really amazing point when you um, bring out the dessert and you know that's you know there's no more dangers of like messing up the service you know it's all done now you can actually just sit down have a glass of wine and still see people enjoying themselves mm. so to me that's kind of the best moment when because otherwise I'm constantly on alert and I yeah. can't really just... I mean, I, hopefully I give out. <laughs> now people do something, oh gosh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt you were very relaxed. The one that I went to, I yeah. like you seemed very in control. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this whole kind of... Um, when I used, ages ago, I used to do ballroom dancing as a kid. Yeah. And um, our coach uh, would always say, like, dancing is, um, is like observing a swan swim because the top of the surface is like this beautiful graceful creature just moving very you know slowly yeah. but then under the water like feet really <laughs> working like dirty water and yeah it's like that's how it feels can you know you go into the kitchen it's like complete madness and then you come out and you have to yeah. be like all you yeah know, cool and pretend it's all like really easy and fun yeah. but yeah it's hard work i think to mm. me that was a real kind of revelation mm. Um, this week we're talking a lot about um, like New Year's dinner mm. parties. Can you give us any tips for people who might be hosting a dinner party for New Year? Yeah. Well, um, ho I think hosting a dinner party after having done Kino Vino, like doing private events, like for my friends, mm. is pure bliss. Okay. I used to stress out about them as well, but now kind of having this kind of two yeah, different levels of... <laughs> so I really would say just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, to me, kind of the best moment is planning, kind of doing mm -hmm. the research and brainstorming and planning mm -hmm. the, um, the events um, and the menu. So I think really, if you can, just give yourself space to like sit down with lots of magazines and they don't even need to be food magazines. You can just get whatever really inspires you and just kind of almost make a mood board for the whole yeah. event. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would say that's kind of would be a really fun starting point. But also in the night, um, 
to me again it's quite fun to kind of allow yourself to be creative again you don't need to kind of plan everything to the detail mm -hmm. as long as you have like a general uh, kind of mood board and general idea of how you want your night to look mm -hmm. then you can just once you get there you just kind of be creative again and kind of have a second wave of experiment and mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that much with food obviously with food you need to be a bit more yeah. precise of what you're going to do but in terms of kind of designing the table designing the whole room just kind of be a bit more adventurous and let mm. yourself just kind of experiment i find whenever i host dinner parties um like you can do as much preparation as you can do but i i tend to always pick food that you know you have to take out at the end you know yeah. before you're serving yeah and there's that awkward maybe like 40 minutes or half an hour where you're in the kitchen trying to fit, like trying yeah. to finish all the food, mm -hmm. and you're leaving your all your guests, and there's that worry that you're kind of not entertaining. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, do you have any tips of kind of, or is it just like chill out? You're gonna be fine. <laughs> no, I think um, it's probably good to think um, about your guests and kind of what kind of food you're gonna be serving. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is like, do people actually know each other really well? Mm -hmm. um, if you have like you know your closest group of friends who will be you know okay to either help you in the kitchen or you know if you're gone for a bit they won't there won't be an awkward silence mm -hmm. or so I think if you have a really kind of small intimate gathering of people who are kind of familiar with each other and are happy to like just chill out and whatever mm -hmm. then I think you can kind of go a bit more elaborate and plan maybe like a proper you know plated. Mm -hmm. Um, meal where you have to go to the kitchen and cook something and bring it out of the oven on time but if it's a more of a bigger kind of event where people don't know each other that well I think the host has to be there all the yeah. time so maybe a more kind of tapas canapé style meal where you just prepare everything and then there's a few kind of pot or warm dishes that you need to bring out you know it's fine but you're not going to be there in the kitchen yeah, kind of yeah, working at the time yeah. and being stressed about it mm. I think that's kind of a... Well, thank you for your tips. <laughs> um, so, what have you got planned for next year? I've got quite a lot of stuff planned. It's actually quite surprising to think I almost have um, an event planned until September. Next September? Yeah. Wow. Because I'm, I'm doing one a month, so okay. I still want to keep them quite kind of exclusive and people start to get excited and look mm. forward to another Kinovina as opposed to being, you know, Fast food, you kind of pick any date, you know, be a king of being by default. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm trying to keep it kind of structured like that. And that kind of means that, um, you know, I need to plan quite far in advance. And it's been really amazing. I mean, I really can't complain <laughs> about kind of the exposure and the interest that I'm getting for the project. Mm -hmm. And it's so kind of rewarding and I still can't believe it <laughs> for most of the time. Um, but I've had lots of um, really amazing chefs getting in touch saying they'd like to... Wow, that's um, so good. Yeah, it's been incredible or kind of approaching a chef who I probably a year ago would have mm. not dared to get in touch with and they'd say, yeah, I'd love to, you know, I've been waiting for you to invite me to the new. So it's, it's been really incredible. So I have um, quite a few things planned. Um, I mean, the dates are still kind of up in the air, but mm -hmm. the one that I already have and have kind of like pencil down actually tickets on sale already is um in Beirut like mm -hmm. Lebanese themed nights with Bethany Katie mm -hmm. and I had her food recently she's done a pop-up in London and it's absolutely like mind-blowing I, <laughs> I was completely like wow <laughs> that's this is like this kinoving is going to be really special mm -hmm. and um we're going to do kind of championing um female talent from Beirut Okay. Uh, so the film will be by a female director and it's a very kind okay. of feminine, it's a film called Caramel 
1960s film in Cannes. Mm. It's kind of one of this um, kind of new wave of Lebanese cinema okay. um, that's been getting quite a lot of attention recently. So it's, it's set in a beauty salon and it's all about women. It's a more kind of light-hearted, you know, kind of joyful film because, you know, mm. when you think of Lebanon, it's always the war. You know, it's a mm. bit of a heavy kind of um, message, but we decided to just kind of play something else and just kind of have fun with it. Yeah. And the one after that is again a more kind of light, um, light one. It's going to be a Bollywood themed um, event with um, Robbie Gill. Lovely. Super excited about that because mm. her food again is just you know so incredible. Mm. I love you know tasting something and not just saying oh that's quite nice, but actually wow that's something yeah. I've never I love tasted before. Food. So um, these are the two that are nailed. Great. So I'm super excited about that. Oh well, good luck with them. Thank you. Um, and thank you for coming in for our curtain catch. Um, that's a pleasure. Thank you.